I'm gonna take one, baby. family we are back with the take one podcast this is the ice storm version we are on uh zoom right now but we didn't want to let black history month pass us by so today we are celebrating black history month and answering the question why is it even relevant um so on this podcast we have richard reeves our lead pastor we have hillary denny she is our hillary what's your official title elementary director director of elementary mysteries thank you sorry i work with her every day and i anyway <laughs> so we have hillary we have artez our assistant pastor did i get that right they're hey. both absolutely kelsey ellison our pastoral resident on the podcast as well all right so of course we know black history month was started to celebrate um african-american history and how central African-Americans have been in U.S. history. It was started way back in 1915. It started out as a week and eventually in 1976, um, every president since has recognized it as a full month. Um, And so, you know, it got started in 1915 um, as a week. We, it became a month, uh, official month in 1976. We are now in 2023. And some people may ask, why is it still relevant? Um, why do we still need to talk about it? Why should I even be worried about it? Why do black people get a whole month? <laughs> All kinds of things like that. And so um, that's the question I want to start with. Just why, um, why is it still relevant today? I would say one thing that I was talking about just in preparing for this is that um, oftentimes I think when we think about black history, African-American history, it's really rooted in the civil rights movement and like, you know, how the civil rights movement impacted um, African-American rights and our nation. Um, But I think even going far as far back as how, as, it was dated and thinking about all the other ways that African-Americans have impacted history as creators and um, teachers, as uh, scientists and all the latter inventors, then I think having a space to celebrate achievements and people um, are having a time rather um, and we have to create the space, but having a time to celebrate and acknowledge all the contributions that aren't just directly related to the civil rights movement, why that is important. Yeah, I agree with all of that, Kelsey. And I just think it's important uh, who's retelling the story and what what story that's being retold. Um, you know, you got to invest the interest in a particular event, a particular person. You want to make sure you, you store it and cherish and protect those stories and celebrate those stories, right? Then the, the, the same is true on the other on the other spectrum. Um, if you don't, um, sometimes you despise it and you try to uh, bury it or you try to taint it. Um, at least that's in my personal opinion. So it's just important that 
you know, we we keep these stories, these these legacies alive. There's so many um, um, unspoken heroes, um, black uh, brothers and sisters, uh, and so I think that's important for us uh, to celebrate that. And also realize, as Kelsey said, how big of a contribution and impact they had on they have on our lives today in 2023. Yeah, I mean, for me as um, um, a white man, I think it's extremely important. I don't put the onus on my black brothers and sisters to educate me, um, but as a secondary result and impact, it Black History Month uh, does educate me um, because um, black history has been largely, um, overwhelmingly, it's probably a better word, um, left out of our history books and, um, you know, even modern history. And so, uh, and even church history, I mean, in seminary, I never, you know, other than Augustine, you know, we never studied, um, you know, black theologians um, intentionally or brought even attention and information to how they um, spoke into and shaped um, you know, the gospel that we believe today when much of it, you know, Africa had huge um, impact and molding, and I've only learned that in the last several years. So, so I think it's extremely important um, and, um, yeah, very beneficial. Um, and I would agree with Richard, uh, just thinking from the white perspective and in my theological background in undergrad, um, I think it's important that we uh, study and celebrate black history because I think often, and I'm speaking from my perspective, that white people come from a uh, thinking our perspective is neutral um, on theology and things like that. And so for me, like Richard, it's been relatively recently that I have shifted my thoughts on that, um, that I really need know God well, I really need to be learning from other cultures. And I think that especially in America, um, in a multi-ethnic church, I need to be learning um, the history and culture of my Black brothers and sisters because that shapes the way um, that I know God and I love God. And I need to be careful about thinking that I'm coming at it from a neutral perspective and everything else is just added. But I think that's a challenge for the white church um, and why it's so important today. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with everything you guys have said. And, um, you know, I think <laughs> I think Black History Month would stop being relevant if history classes were teaching the full story. Um, and so I was like, I would love for it to not be relevant anymore. And if it was just something that everybody learned about and it was common knowledge and, you know, all of that. Um, but I think it'll continue to be relevant, um, which makes me think of the whole <laughs> critical race theory hot button topic. Um, and I saw like where just recently <clears throat> there was an AP class that was... Um, kind of struck down that they had worked on for quite some time. Um, but 
yeah, it was struck down and um, the there's this idea that it's like they're trying to indoctrinate the children with, um, yeah, I just, I was listening to NPR and one of the parents was saying like, we don't want, you know, our white children to hate themselves and just all these other things. Um, and so, yeah, how do y'all view the whole critical race theory debate in light of Black History Month um, and just celebrating Black history? I say, first off, I'm not a CRT expert by any means. And so, I mean, if I was to be honest, like it wasn't like the past maybe three years or so that, or three or four years that I really started, you know, uh, just kind of leaning my ear towards the conversations and just trying to educate myself um, about this uh, controversial, you know, three-letter word. But uh, you can say CRT in a group of people, and it's kind of like folks just kind of, they panic. Um, Definitely. But it's interesting, Adriana, like, you know, you talked about, you know, you asked the question, what does this have to do with Black history? And, you know, I'm a, I'm a big sports guy. I enjoy watching sports. And you know, these multi-billion dollar uh, companies and businesses and industries uh, just in the last four years have these, these slogans, uh, these, these uh, um, uh, promotional, you know, enslave, uh, not enslave, and racism. Um, and I just find it interesting because sometimes I do believe like, people just try to ride the wave, right? Black History um, Black History Month in particular has become this commercialized, uh, you know, uh, capitalistic driven um, month, right? Let's get the t-shirts, the red, you know, green, you know, um, let's get the ice cream, let's, 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 let's promote um, Black History Month. And That's I don't know everybody's in, <laughs> the ice cream was terrible. Oh, I'm sorry, that was Juneteenth, um, but still kind of connected. <laughs> but it's just interesting that you could have people would celebrate out of political correctness, but not really leveraging the resources to possibly uh, correct or you know um, help what's been what's been wrong because of the history. Uh, if you look back, and so we'll get into that uh, more later. But it has CRT has everything to do with with Black history because unfortunately um, we we celebrate the positives, the inventors, you know, the the business women, um, the pilots, like all these different men and women who had such a contribution um, on our nation. But in the same time, there's this fear that if we teach about our history, it's going to turn Black people against white people or make white people hate them, you know, or, or make white people view themselves. Uh, as evil, um, that ain't my intent. I don't. That's that's not helpful for anybody. But we gotta address the ugly history. We gotta address not just numbers. We gotta address when you walk down in any given neighborhood. We in Memphis, the Orange Mounds, the Bean Hamptons, any you know certain neighborhoods. And if you look at the history, the trends over the past uh, 40, 50, 60 years, it's hard to believe that some of those areas that they're on a decline that are limited in resources it's, it's hard to believe that that's not connected to some shape or form to certain policies or because of the specific uh racial people that occupy uh that occupies those spaces and so anyway we we, we can celebrate all the good 
we want to promote. I feel like the, you know, America, we, we, we put Martin Luther King and the Rosa Parks, great, great people made a great contribution. We put those at the front. You want to ride that I have a dream and, and create a, a positive uh, marketing campaign out of that. But we ignore all the, the other black eyes and the, the ugliness that came with some of these different movements and times that black people were outright oppressed because of who we are and not skin color. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna just stop right there and uh, let one of y'all uh, speak in. Yeah, and let me interject. I uh, I meant to say this before I asked the question, um, but definitely like everything you're saying, because um, I didn't actually know like what do they mean when they say critical race theory? Like why is it such a a bad word in certain spaces? Um, no one really knows it's part of the problem yeah <laughs> you're kind of making it up so. yeah exactly and I was like what does that actually mean and when I was reading about it it was basically saying that you know racism is not just basically it's this idea that racism is not just the um result of individual people but it's the result of instance what Artez was just talking about um it's the result of things that are written into our society into our institutions that even without individual people doing anything, if these systems play out the way they were created, there will still be racism. Um, so thank you, Artez, for talking about that. Cause it's like, yeah, the orange mounds, the, the areas that are in decline, the, uh, the food deserts, all of that is because of redlining. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, if we, if we look at, those neighborhoods without any kind of history, right? I don't think it's critical race theory. It's like history. It, it, it is true that redlining happened. <laughs> um, and there are still some some practices and ways of, peop of people doing things that stem from redlining because it wasn't that far, you know, from where we are. Um, but yeah, I think if, if we don't know about redlining, we just say, oh, those people are lazy or, um, there, there's no work done to try to bring reconciliation or any of the gospel work that we talk about. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to interject and say, that's what, from what I understand, from what I've read, critical race theory is just basically that it wasn't just, you know, individuals, but it was, it was institutions. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Hartes. But bringing it back, yeah. So what do y'all think about critical race theory when it comes to Black History Month? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's, the there's so many directions we could go with critical race theory but you know i want to kind of come back to the church because i don't expect much from the world um you know I, I can't be disappointed with how the world handles race and racism and i can't my my expectations are not very high you know but my expectations are really high for the church and for god's people and so, as I think about critical race theory, um, yeah, I mean, the heart is evil, you know, <laughs> um, and people can take any information and utilize it um, in an evil way. But to say that we can't teach and really unearth history that was never told and um, intentionally suppressed is um, dangerous and pretty ridiculous. Uh, it's like saying, well, we're not going to teach uh, German children the history of the Holocaust because we don't 
don't want them to think badly about themselves. Well, sometimes we need to feel the weight of what our parents have done and grandparents and great grandparents and, you know, so that history doesn't repeat itself. Um, I saw a special the other night that a large percentage of people under the age of 30 um, are uneducated, if, if not um, completely ignorant about the history of the Holocaust. And that's why white supremacists are rising up and people denying that it ever happened. It, 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 you know, I would love, I'm going to do some research on that and try to see how we got there. Um, but if we don't teach the history and really teach much of it for the first time, um, I, I think of one article that I've actually thought about putting on the realm and seeing if people want to discuss it at the church office. But uh, Memphis Burning was an article written uh, over the last five years, I would say. And it recounts the actions of Boss Crump in regard to uh, former mayor of Memphis and in regard to Robert Church. And I think it sounds like we're going to be back at Robert Church Park uh, for Easter. Um, but the intentional, um, you know, oppression and uh, of the first millionaire, African-American millionaire in the South, uh, burning his house to the ground, literally, um, to try out a new piece of fire equipment that uh, the Memphis Fire Department was issued. Um, and the uh, destruction of the middle class community, thriving African-American middle class community in South Memphis, really right where our church meets, um, and leveling acres upon acres of homes and businesses to erect Claiborne and Foot homes. Uh, I would say most Memphians just don't know that history. And, you know, I don't want people to, you know, I, it, we just need to know that. We need to know where the root of, um, you know, today, uh, what's going on in our city today, I think is directly rooted to uh, many of those actions. So, again, we could debate critical race theory forever, um, but as a church, we, we have to be interested in, um, you know, our black brothers and sisters and our white history, <laughs> you know, what our ancestors did, and we got to own it, and it helps, I think, uh, us move forward and know how to move forward, so. Um, part of, uh, part of my frustration with this is I think people use critical race theory. They latch onto the term for anything remotely related to, related to talking about race. And so when I was teaching, um, and a lot of this stuff was happening, I was, you know, fifth grade Shelby County schools. Um, and it was, can we teach this? Is it critical race theory? Or like you said, is it like we're teaching history? Um, and a couple examples, like I literally heard a comment from someone once that said, we're changing history books. We're changing history. I said, no, we're teaching history that hasn't been taught before. And like just that complete lack of awareness um, of things that have happened in our country. Um, and like that, I mean, honestly, that made teachers a little bit nervous, less so in Memphis because it's Memphis, but can I teach this aspect? And if I teach it in this way, will people be upset? Um, but it was really 
powerful to still be able to uh, uh, open, you know, share, like you said, share things with kids for the first time. I was teaching about um, the sanitation strike in Memphis to fifth graders. And uh, my fifth grade, more well-to-do white kids had an answer for everything. Why didn't they just do this? Well, why didn't they just do this? And it was like the first time they had been faced with the fact that uh, society was against some people. Like there was nothing that could be done to fix the holes in the garbage cans so that people were not covered in trash when they were picking up trash. And so like I was frustrated that critical race theory was being used as a just a blanket word for anything. Um, but it was important to teach our kids and our adults like, hey, this is part of our history and it had effects and it has effects. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, just even what everyone's saying is like the reason why Black History Month is still relevant and because it feels like the age old, you know, repetitive thing of like, if we don't say anything about these things, then we can just paint this narrative the way that we want it to be. Um, and so, and I, I, I mean, in multiple scenarios for centuries, that's been the thing. Like, if people don't know this, um, then there's no reason, you know, then no one will even question or think or whatever. Uh, and so I think we're we're saying that, alluding to it, that that's just what makes um, acknowledging the achievements, the importance, the contribution of Black people in our nation um, valuable. Yeah, can I add one more thing? Like, you know, we think about, you know, specifically in our context, you know, being believers, um, leaders in the church. It's like one thing we can... And God's common grace, you know, we could pull some good out of a lot of, you know, like critical race theory for, you know, it, it can say that there's some brokenness in our world, right? But nobody, you know, as a believer, they're to say, to kind of narrow down between it's a black and white issue, you know, I've heard it, you know, 34 years of my life, heard over. The, the man, the white man this, the white man that. Um, but beneath beneath all of that, you know, it's we got a we got a real enemy and it's Satan. And um, you know, we do live in a, a, a fallen, broken world, but God hadn't, you know, I'm probably jumping ahead, Adrian, but like God hadn't taken his hand off this world. However, he has given us wisdom uh to take a step back. And to examine and, and to and to discern some things, and as as believers, he's also calling us to uh, to champion and pursue justice, right? You know, um, those who are oppressed, who have been who have been marginalized due to you know um, intentionally and unintentionally by uh, a, a people or a peoples, a person or a people or by systems. He's calling us to to get in the game in our particular. Uh, areas of influence. And so anyway, I, I do think, you know, CRT, whatever, but it's something about we can all agree that it's still broke. It is broken. It's, this world is broken. Um, it's a, a history of broken. We are broken on this call. Whoever listening, you're broken. <laughs> um, and so that's, I think that we can agree to all of that. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah, that, that's good. Um, and I, I saw this, this headline. I shouldn't be laughing, but it was just like, Lord have mercy. This is why I feel like we need to teach black history, okay? I don't know if y'all saw this, but there was a tech CEO that quoted MLK in her email about laying off people. Did y'all see this? I heard about that. And I was just like, wait, like she clearly didn't know mm. what MLK stood for. Like he stood for, you know, helping the oppressed and people in poverty and everything. And you're laying people off and you're quoting MLK. Like it was something he said about leaders. And it, I was just like, right. this is why we need to learn black history, people. <laughs> this is why it's relevant. And she's not black. Like this is why it's relevant to everybody. Um, okay. So anyway, I just, I saw that and I was like, Lord have mercy.